0: This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Hello and welcome to Sunday Worship. Thank you for joining us today on Father's Day. Our guest speaker today is Major Julian Watchhorn, Assistant Secretary for Communications. He's going to open up God's Word from Luke 15, 11 to 32, which reminds us of the love of our Heavenly Father and to allow him to nurture and develop us into the people that he intended us to be. Come, sing praises to God, rejoice in his presence, for he is our God, a father to the fatherless, and the defender of all who need protection, the one in whom the lonely find a home and the prisoner finds release. Bless the Lord, the God of our salvation, who sustains and strengthens us day after day. This is Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything,
1: I'm the very proud father of two adult children. My youngest, my daughter, Hannah, recently got married. And of course, I had the privilege and responsibility of giving the father of the bride speech. Anyone who's shared that experience will understand the weight of responsibility. To say enough to convey your love, but not so much as to embarrass them completely. A parent is blessed with knowing more than your child would want everyone to know. And knowing what to share and what not to is key to a good speech. I'd like to think I, think I pulled it off and my daughter certainly seemed happy with what I had to say. Our bible passage this morning is most often referred to as the parable of the prodigal son but I would venture to suggest that it should in fact be called the parable of the loving father Those of you that have the privilege of being parents will know that one of the most difficult things to deal with is that of allowing your children to learn through their mistakes. It would be so much easier for you, and in the short term for them, if you just told them what to do and prevented them from making bad decisions. When they're small, you can let them learn their lesson. Don't touch, for example and then be there to offer them comfort because it hurt when they inevitably do. It's much harder to allow your children to wander off into the wilderness where their learning is likely to be so much more painful. Yet if they are to truly learn, then you have to let them go. But not before demonstrating just how much they are loved so that they can find their way home when they're ready to. American writer Clarence Buddington Kelland is quoted as saying, My father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Challenging words. You see, the beauty of this story is that the prodigal came back. And you have to ask, why? In verse 17 we read that he came to his senses. But what does that mean? What was the eureka moment? Did he come back thinking that his dad would reluctantly get over it and let him go back to the way things were, however disappointed he might be? No. He came back because he knew the justice of his father's house. He remembered all that his father had shown him without him even knowing it. It was not just about his relationship with his father but about his father's relationship with others, his brother, or even his servants. His return was not about the food that he would get, but about the example shown by his father. This was all about the example of the father before he went away, not about the hoped-for response when he returned. The Bible's filled with examples of how God demonstrates his love to his children, lavishing it upon them. Because he can, yes, but perhaps more so that they understand and remember when they are far away where true north lies. They have an inbuilt compass, a plumb line of life with their heavenly Father, and so they return again and again. And each time that they wander away, it's only when they stop to think about the Father. That they remember his consistency and his goodness. The people of Israel, Samson, Jonah are but a few examples of this. When the world is a mess and you cannot see which way is up, you need to be able to reset that compass, and it's then that you go back to the default setting to start again with him. Of course, there are other lessons for us to learn from this passage, not least our responsibility to use the gifts that we have been given wisely and responsibly. The Father has given us gifts and entrusted us with them to use in the interests of his kingdom. And it's our responsibility to use them as he intended. The Apostle Paul, speaking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, urges him, As a father would to a son to fan into flame the gift of God that is within him. The prodigal clearly had a different DNA from his brother. Although they shared a father, they were wired differently. They saw things differently. And yet the father loved them both the same. He would have had high hopes for the prodigal. There would have been a plan based on the gifts and skills that he had. Sadly, it would seem that he did not want to use them. He wanted the easy option, the lazy option, the everything on a plate in front of me now option. This is not how God works. He gives each of us unique gifts. He lavishes us with his love. But the onus is upon us to do something with them. Natural ability is one thing, but unless it's nurtured and encouraged and practised, it will very quickly become dormant or even disappear. Michael Jordan, the American basketball player, had prodigious physical gifts. But as his long-time coach Phil Jackson writes, it was hard work that made him a legend. When Jordan first entered the league, his jump shot wasn't good enough. He spent his off-season taking hundreds of jumps a day until it was perfect. In a piece at NBA.com, Jackson writes that Jordan's defining characteristic wasn't his talent, but having the humility to know that he had to work constantly to be the best. Jordan is arguably the greatest player ever to have played the game. The recent film release, Air, tells the story of the recognition of what was within, and how others saw it too. About Time is another beautiful film starring Bill Nighy, who is a father with a special relationship with his son. In a clever work of fiction, it's the story of the passing on of a uniquely hereditary ability from father to son within this family to relive moments in their past simply by thinking about them and ultimately correcting mistakes with occasional unintended consequences. If you can excuse the fiction, it's a wonderful story of the example of a father to the son and the love and pride of a father for the man his son was becoming. The story illustrates perfectly the responsibility of a father to teach their children by their example even by the way that they learn from their own mistakes. It demonstrates that parenthood is a long-term commitment and sometimes the investment takes a lifetime to reap its reward. As we read the story of the prodigal, so we are left in no doubt that this was the father's day. We read in verse 20 that while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. That makes very clear to me that the father was waiting, looking constantly, hoping for his return expectantly. This was the day that he had waited patiently for, hoped for, prayed for. The day when all that he had invested in, his example, his teaching, was rewarded. The return of his precious child. He didn't love because he had to, or even as an investment for his own well-being. He loved simply because he could, and that love was felt and seen by the Son. And when his perspective eventually changed, when he came to his senses and he was able to see clearly again, he saw what was true and what was pure and what was lovely and noble and right and admirable, as Philippians 4 verse 8 reminds us, and he returned to it. Of course, not everyone has the privilege of good parents and good role models. For some, those relationships were or are very challenging or painful. For some, those relationships do not exist. However, whatever your circumstance, this story is about celebrating our Heavenly Father, whom we all share, whose example is true and pure and constant, unchanging, no matter what the context or how far we may have wandered away from him. What is your experience of your heavenly father? Do you recall that feeling of love? Do you remember that experience in your past? Or is his love for you and his faithfulness to you as he waits for your return, news to you? If you are a prodigal, your heavenly father stands And waits for your return. Whether you've been gone for five minutes or fifty years. His position is constant. His love is an everlasting love. Unchanging. Perhaps you're hesitant to return because you've not used your gifts wisely. Squandering them carelessly. Cast aside as uninteresting or irrelevant to what you would choose to do. Perhaps they lay dormant unused as you've chosen to focus on the things that have pleased you rather than on the things that please him perhaps you're concerned that he would not be so receptive to you or you feel that you don't deserve such a loving response your heavenly father loves you as you are he sees through the sin and the shame and the guilt and the past and loves the you he first created The you he made and that still lives within you, however deep down you might have hidden it. It's my prayer that we might each respond to the love of our Heavenly Father, to allow him to nurture and develop us into the people that he intended us to be. If you're responding to that love, if with each new day you seek to explore more of the you he wants you to be, then may God continue to bless you today as you go deeper and deeper in your knowledge and experience of that love but if you have not experienced that love or have found yourself detached and distant, then I urge you to return and to receive your inheritance, to allow your heavenly father to lavish upon you the love which he has held for you whilst you've been away. As you consider your response, we're going to listen to some music that reminds us that we have a father who will never leave us and to whose open arms we may return in his eternal love. And if God's speaking to you, then accept that love and respond just where you are. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you know each one of us by name. You love us simply because you can, and not because of anything that we have or have not done. We thank you that no matter where we are in our relationship with you, however close or far away, you're waiting for us to turn to you. We thank you that whatever our own experience of relationships, you will never fail us or let us down. Father, help us to trust that your promise to love us unconditionally is true, and to turn to you today, that we may find you waiting with open arms to lavish your love upon us. Help us to do this, we pray, in Jesus' name, and in response to the stirring of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Amen.
0: Remember this. God's love is from everlasting to everlasting from generation to generation. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so God has compassion on those who fear him, who listen to his voice and who do his will. Go out in the knowledge that the everlasting love of God goes with you. Amen. Thank you and God bless. Have a good rest of your day.